2: Good morning to you, baseball people. It is inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. Game three of the World Series. Done now. The Dodgers up 2-1. to There are Cubs and Sox issues to discuss as there are every Saturday morning. Good morning, Bruce. How are you?
3: Good morning, Matt. Yeah, it's a great day to talk some uh, fall ball. The World Series uh, in full uh, regatta right now two games to one the Dodgers lead the series are you watching out there are baseball fans watching Matt you and I are uh, how many other people can we uh, add to that list uh, we will be talking world series we'll be talking Cubs and Sox great guest today as usual Pat Hughes the great Cubs announcer Joe Buck doing the world series on Fox will be our special guest at 10:30 as well and you our great listeners, always welcome at 312-644-6767. That is also the text line where Matt will choose whether to put your uh, information out there or not. And he is relatively picky. <laughs> I, I do like uh, getting to read
2: them, though. That is for sure. So, uh, so dial it up textually and uh and and phonally uh, as well yeah we'll probably wake up buck he's in the middle of doing eight games in eight days some nfl and some mlb if this world series goes seven i think it's going to be 17 games in 18 days he does this every october and i love that go as long as you can go as hard as you can for as long as you can right bruce
3: right uh the only busier person is his accountant you know that's uh his banker and his accountant; those are the only two busier people than Joe Buck, who does a fabulous job, uh, you know, being the the voice of uh, two sports on Fox, and uh, just a, a tremendous individual as well. Fortunate to have been uh, friends with uh, Joe since the early '90s when I first met him with his dad. His dad introduced me to him, uh, the great Jack Buck, back in St. Petersburg, and. 1993. Joe was a, a young broadcaster just getting started, and uh, what a great family! What a great family lineage uh, that uh, that uh, Buck people have uh, produced uh, over the years. So yeah, it'll be fun to talk to Joe.
2: Uh, Bruce, a theme is emerging here in the World Series, and it's kind of familiar. It's two strike approach, and for the Dodgers, a two strike approach and a two out approach. They now have scored 50 runs in this postseason. With two outs, they've scored 36 runs in this postseason. With two strikes last night, it's a one-nothing game in the second, and there are f- five outs obviously in the books. And then Charlie Morton hits a batter, hits Corey Seager, and with two outs, all of this, and Justin Turner doubles, uh, Max Muncy singles. All of a sudden, you look up; it's three nothing, and that game would get to five nothing, six nothing, but. These Dodgers getting it done with two outs, two strikes. Uh, I remember the Red Sox storyline was the same a couple of years ago, and it's what uh, it's what the Cubs offense has struggled with—that two strike approach, that lack of a B hack, that lack of an ability to get things done with uh, with contact uh, in the crunch and, and, and moments like that. And it um, it brings it brings us back to the broken Cubs offense when I look at a healthy Dodgers offense.
3: Well, the Dodgers can hit fastballs, and the Cubs have not been able to, uh, which is uh, surprising considering the quality of the players that the Chicago Cubs have, the offense that they've had, the things that they've done in their career, uh, mostly mostly beginning with this group in 2015, and uh, the fact that uh, they just are behind in fastballs. They're they're not, they are not swinging at strikes for fastballs. When they they do swing, they are not making contact and. You are seeing a Dodger team that uh, they, they live on the uh, high fastball. They can hit it. They can square it up. Uh, so there, there's a big difference there in uh, the offenses. And the Cubs can only hope to the level that the Dodgers are at right now. It's, uh, it's fun to watch because they're, they're doing it against some of the best pitchers in baseball. The uh, Tampa Rays have some of the best uh, bullpen pitchers in the game. And uh, they are getting it done.
2: Yes, uh, last night Justin Turner ties Duke Snyder for most postseason home runs in Dodgers history. Obviously, the postseason expanded uh, these days, but there's there's Justin Turner, a uh, a, a a creation, uh, an evolution uh, of of the what the Dodgers system has been, and his own personal development and grabbing launch angle and 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 building rebuilding his swing and his approach around that and yet he's able to get things done with two outs and 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 two strikes and i know you wanted to talk about about this cubs core and and where things stand Mm -hmm. right now at the outset of the off season as we read more about the cubs again restructuring the hitting coach um uh assemblage anthony i will stay termel sledge will not so it's not quite a firing of the hitting coach, but it is a it is a rejiggering of the major league hitting um, coaching area yet again. So so what is to do for Theo Epstein and for this Cubs brass as they as they think about this roster and how to how to retool it?
3: I'm still stuck on rejigger. Uh, I, I love that <laughs> word. <laughs> um, I will I will say this. Um, would you rather have a 36-year-old Justin Turner at third base or 29-year-old uh, Chris Bryant playing there next year? Hmm. So so these are some of the choices that the Chicago Cubs will have in the off season. So when you say, well, what do you mean? Uh, well, if you're going to trade Chris Bryant, uh, you you are going to rejigger the money uh, as far as how you spend your money. So. Allocating the same payroll uh, that they have right now and in, uh, in spending less money will be the goal, a part, partial goal of the Chicago Cubs, to also add players uh, that are more productive. So, can for 20 million dollars, would you be able to get more productivity out of Justin Turner at 37 or Chris Bryant at age 29? These are some of the questions that are being uh talked about and uh and, and hopefully answered by the Chicago Cubs in this off season here. It's a you know, it's a vast array of different questions that they have to look at. They have to look at the free agency, they have to look at trades. Uh there might be a hundred guys or more that are non tendered uh in uh November be- at the non tender date. Uh do you wait for that list to come out before you start making your moves? Plenty of questions about how to rebuild a team or uh readjust a team on the fly. We talk about the Cubs like their uh failure, they won their division. I think we forget about that, even though it was a shortened season, they were the best team record wise going into the playoffs, uh winning the National League Central.
2: So it Justin Turner, who is a free agent and and you mentioned the the non tender date and some of the opportunities that will then present themselves for guys to grab on one-year deals. I think this market, this offseason, is going to be a lot of one-year deals, Bruce. It's going to be a lot of people kind of just sort of piecemealing it as organizations figure out what the financial realities are really going to be, and they'll be hesitant to give out long-term deals. And uh, a lot of players from the folks that we've talked to and, and, and read, a lot of players might be disappointed in the market that they find so the, the the methodology that you bring up is interesting. If the Cubs were to trade a Chris Bryant or a Javi Baez or a Kyle Schwarber, um and 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 grab a bunch of young talent to restock the farm system and maybe impact the big leagues. They'd have to replace them with some of these guys on one year deals to try and maximize uh, another Mm -hmm. another season in the theoretical winning window here. So it it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you're going to if you're going to deal from your your strength to restock the the system, I think there could be a lot of guys out there to grab for a year, don't you?
3: for sure. And and uh you know people will say well if you're retooling you're not bringing in a 37-year-old guy. Uh but but you might for one year like you said the premise might be there'll be uh uh an inordinate amount of uh one-year deals because of the fact that the revenue streams are so uh questionable as to how that's going to feed ownership to be able to pay players and more importantly uh, the new CBA in December of 2021. So we're only 13 months away from you know, the fist fight that will occur at that time trying to find out whether or not you're going to have the same system, whether you're going to have a sal- salary cap, excuse me, whether you're going to have a bottom on that salary cap where teams have to spend a certain amount of money no matter what, like caps are, uh, this is going to be... Uh, A huge part of this offseason as well saying, well, you know, how many $30 million times five, six, seven, eight years do we want to hold on to when we don't know what the new CBA is going to say, what the new system is going to be for us? Do we want to hamstring ourselves going into a new collective bargaining agreement, not knowing what the rules are going to be and how people will be paid after 2021?
2: Hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I've I've brought this up and talked about on different shows. If you've got a deal, one of let's say the five—Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, Schwarber, Contreras—I mean, do you suspect that one of those are going to go in this particular off season? Just because now we've reached the urgency of the moment, where what four of those guys are are free agents at the end of end of next year? You've uh, You've reached a point, right? It Just Contreras is one that goes longer. The other four are free right. agents at the end of next season. So they've right. waited, he, he and, waited the and waited and waited. What's that? Sorry?
3: He has an extra year. You're right.
2: Yeah, so he's the only one with an extra year. The other four guys are, 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 are the end of next season. So I think well, they've pushed this about as far as they can possibly
3: go. Let's subtract the guys that we, we think won't go first. So in your mind, Matt, would Baez be the one guy – that you're not going to trade, not only because of um, still being 27 years old, but the idea that he plays the essential position of shortstop as well as uh, just about anybody in baseball. Would that be a uh, no, we can't trade Javi Baez for you?
2: No, not for me. Not not Mm -hmm. not for me. He's very much open in, in my conversations if I'm the boss over there, and clearly I'm not, but no, he's very much open in my conversations. I was extremely disappointed in this particular uh, version of Javier Baez, and I know it's a 60-game year with no video and no crowd, but I, was, uh, I found his, his, his offensive approach alarming uh, this year in ways that harkened back to, to when he showed up. So no, he's, he's, he's not a cross-off for me. Um, for, for me of the five Rizzo is the one I cross off just because of his, his importance, um, in terms of the clubhouse, his importance in terms of consistency. And he's the guy, he's one of the guys who approaches two strikes and two outs the way that you want guys to approach two strikes and two outs. So if there's right. one of the five that is not in conversation for me. It's, it's Rizzo, but that's me.
3: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you picked out the oldest guy. I know uh, the guy that'll be uh, 32 next August. And, uh, um, you know, the, certainly, what you said is correct. All of those things, but you also add in the leadership uh, of Anthony Rizzo, um, and th- that's that's something again. But uh, at this point in time, moving forward, uh, he's going to make sixteen and a half million dollars in two thousand and twenty-one. Hmm. What would your contract look like for an Anthony Rizzo moving forward uh, into his? Age 33 year, you know what? What would that contract look like from uh, Matt Spiegel, the uh, general manager of the Chicago Cubs?
2: Well, it, it because of the interesting moment here, and because of Rizzo's age, he's not going to get some absurd payday that perhaps he had been dreaming of uh, after he signed, you know, a couple of preemptive uh, a- extensions and 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 kind of locked himself in. I you know you might be able to get away with three years. What did Abreu get? What did Jose Abreu get? Three years at at, at fourteen fifteen per
3: yeah mm-hmm. $48 million, three years yeah three uh, years three years the at thing he said million. about Rizzo was he locked himself into that long deal which is actually nine years Oh, yes um, thank you yeah so it was seven years with two option years and he shorted himself probably about one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, but he also got paid an excellent amount of money. He's going to make somewhere around uh, $80 million during that period of time. So there's no tag days for him. Uh, the question is, you know, whether he needs, he wants to try to make it up along the way. But I agree with you that, you know, it's, there's no making it up at this point. There's just, mm-hmm. may, you know, maybe two to three year contract, two years with an option for Anthony Rizzo. Uh, would that be sufficient for you?
2: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I would I would do that. I, I don't know that, that he would, but I don't know that he'll find better uh, out there. This is yeah. just such an odd moment. If you offered Anthony Rizzo two years, 35 mil, with a club option for the third year, to stay here where he has established the foundation and his his place in the town and in the organization – I suspect he looks around and begrudgingly takes it. That's what I suspect.
3: Begrudgingly. You know, he, he probably has uh, some realistic idea now about where he's at in his career, how much money he's going to make. On top of, you know, the, the economic climate uh, for paying players in the future, which, you know, appears to be, unless you're named Mookie Betts or Mike Trout. Um, the scale of payment is going to be really different, I think. And, and I think shorter term deals might be the answer for baseball players to get what they feel they deserve and for teams to feel much more, uh, m- much more or much better about mm-hmm. the fact that they're not locking themselves into a uh, a Jake Arietta contract that hasn't really worked out. I mean, that you know we 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 hammer gms and presidents of organizations for um deals that they you know deals that they signed free agents that they signed trades that they made what about how great a deal it was not signing Jake Arrieta and signing Yu Darvish at this point i mean how how does that look to the base the the chicago cubs baseball fan now is there an, enough concentration on saying that signing Arietta would have been a big mistake considering what he's been able to do. And now with uh, Darvish coming back into his own, mm-hmm. you, know, what, you know, what a good look that has. So from that perspective, you have to try to save yourself from making some of those big mistakes now, and shorter-term deals seem to be the answer, Matt.
2: Well, let, let, let's back up to the question you had for me. Do you cross Baez off because of his, what position he plays and, and, and other factors? So is Baez a keeper for you?
3: I'm going to have to answer that by saying, well, uh, I have to have a plan in place for who my next shortstop is going to be. I need to know. I need to know. I'm going to have the defensive player mm -hmm. who is Javi Baez at age 27 uh, available to me uh, because I, I value defense so much at shortstop that I need to know I'm going to have somebody else in that position before I trade Javier Baez. Now, Uh, Would I be against trading Javier Baez? Not necessarily if you get the right package back. You know, you're going to get good players back for him. It just depends on how you value him at this point, whether you feel he'll make those adjustments, getting back to the player that he was, or is he going to be the guy that strikes out and doesn't make as much hard contact that we saw in the 60 games in 2020. Yeah, that's, that's the hard question to answer is how much do you value what you saw in 2020, Matt, mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, predicting and projecting your players and your team in the future?
2: Well, it's interesting. Uh, w- one answer uh, to something you brought up is: How about all Pac-12 shortstop Nico Horner? While you wait for Ed Howard to uh, develop and, and arrive, that yeah. that's one thought on the I, shortstop. I don't know if
3: yeah, I, I don't know if Horner's an everyday player.
2: Yeah, he sure didn't show that offensively this year. You're, you're absolutely correct. But the other thing, the other thing that I keep coming back to about bias and really the overall market is the fact that next year most clubs expect to have limited. Capacity, and if you're the Cubs, that probably means just your season ticket holders. So your day of game marketability—that is a big reason why you love bias. Um, it doesn't matter as much, and I keep coming back to that issue, and we'll talk about it later in regards to Trevor Bauer and what the what the market is. But the fact that selling selling the team to a fan base that you want to come buy tickets and beer. I don't think is really much of an issue for next season. I wonder how that will affect some things in front offices around the game.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting aspect. We want your participation as well as always. 312-644-6767. That's our phone and text line. We'll be talking to Pat Hughes at the bottom of the hour, Joe Buck at 1030, and hopefully you during our show as well as we go up to 11 o'clock before we welcome Rosie and Mark Grody. He
2: is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse. As Bruce said, 312-644-6767. Looking forward to a conversation with Pat Hughes, Joe Buck later on, and you guys every step of the way right here on 670 The Score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time, and the Chicago
2: Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout jumping up and down like a bunch
1: of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over and the celebration begins.
2: Time of year. We are inundated, Bruce Levine, with Anniversaries of big, big moments. The other night was the anniversary of the Cubs beating the Dodgers and winning the National League pennant. I think two days ago was the anniversary of the Conurco Grand Slam mm-hmm. in Game 2 of the 2005 World Series for the White Sox. Every, every day you look up here in late October is often the anniversary of something very cool that we wish was just a little bit more current. For Chicago baseball.
3: Yeah, you, you can bet on that. Uh, the White Sox are certainly moving toward that again with uh, the fine team they're building. And, you know, as much as uh, Cub fans are disappointed, uh, the bar has been raised so very high uh, by the uh, Epstein-Hoyer uh, baseball group over the, uh, the last uh, nine years, now going into their ninth year with uh, playoff, uh, playoff playoffs being the number one thing, Going to the playoffs five of the last six years and and fans more importantly, Matt, not being satisfied with just making the playoffs any longer. Such
2: is the cost of doing business when you elevate the expectations. You know, I I, I remember watching it happen with Red Sox fans in the first decade of this century and we have watched it happen with Cub fans. Right here. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670. The score, I'm Matt Spiegel. He's Bruce Levine. Our next guest joins us on the Alpamante Ford Hotline. Alpamante Ford is in Melrose Park.
3: And that voice you heard on that great call of the Cubs winning a World Series for the first time in 108 years. Our good friend and a voice of the Chicago Cubs, Pat Hughes, joins us on this Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Pat. How are you today? Bruce and Matt, I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We've been talking a little bit about the World Series and, and whether or not people are watching it very much. Uh, has it resonated with the baseball fan that this 60-game season was uh, something to glorify beyond just getting those games in and having the entertainment uh, value there for the uh, baseball fan? And maybe, uh, maybe that's where we start with you, Pat, uh, do you think the the off season the um, the postseason here is resonating with baseball fans?
1: Well, apparently, Bruce, not the way it normally does. I was reading about the the ratings. I guess for the first couple of games of the World Series, they were some of the lowest-rated watched games in a couple of decades. But I think part of that has to do with the pandemic and the fact that. It was a shorter season. I personally am thankful we had any baseball at all because when the season began in late July, uh, the Marlins and Cardinals in particular had numerous coronavirus cases pop up, and there was a a feeling there that uh, if this gets any worse, the whole season's going to be called off. So thankfully that did not happen, and I am very thankful that uh, the teams were able to play a truncated sixty game season now one thing i think about the the world series that perhaps is um, uh, watering down the enthusiasm of baseball fans would be the fact that globe field is the home of the texas rangers it looks like a beautiful park brand new it cost over a billion dollars to construct but it's not the home of the two participants tampa bay and uh, the dodgers Uh, I think that possibly is turning off a lot of baseball fans. I've always thought that part of the charm of the World Series is the fact that teams get to play in their home park in front of their home fans. And I know, for example, in the Cubs case, there were fans that literally waited an entire lifetime to be able to see some World Series games in 2016.
2: I, I, absolutely pat and just the fact that oh so that ballpark is what we get to showcase that particular niche of baseball is what we get to showcase for better or for worse hell i'd rather see tropicana field last night and and and, and tonight just then we would talk about the oddness that is the tampa rays and how they have emerged from having to play there uh and and all the, all that being said it's um it you're right i i, I couldn't help but think as we watched freddie freeman battling in the NLCS of the first moments of this season as they tried to get it done and Freddie Freeman tested positive for the virus you guys remember that 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 was one of the first scares that we had it happened when you and I were on the air Bruce it was one of the first scares that we had but but baseball found a way to continue I think I think there's a lot of value as, as as much as it may not be obviously a true measure of a full season of excellence i think there's a lot of value for the consistency and the history of the game and getting getting it done and not doing a full skip of this year which i know was on the table pat
1: you know you mentioned freddie freeman matt and uh he not only had the virus he had a a bad case of it. Um, I'm not sure how many different strains of the coronavirus there are, but he had a real nasty bout to the point where he thought he was going to die. Um, so thankfully he he recovered and not only recovered, but he had one of the best seasons of any big league ball player this year. Um, it's just such a different year uh, and And looking forward, Bruce and Matt, uh, so much uncertainty still existing in baseball and in society in general, I might add. But I think the vaccine uh, determines so much of what happens across the board in America in the next, uh, say, year or two years. When will the vaccine be ready? How effective will it be? Uh, When will this virus be completely under control? Will fans in baseball be allowed back in ballparks? Uh, will uh, the revenues of baseball be back to normal uh, levels where they were before the pandemic hit? So it, it's so difficult to even imagine what's going to happen. And a, a very sobering thing I just read in the paper, and I saw it actually last night on CNN as well, over 80,000 new cases came up just yesterday, and that's a one-day high. So it would appear that uh, we still have... A lot of work to do to get this thing under control
3: that's the voice of Pat Hughes you know it so well he's been doing Chicago Cub games for going into how many years now 26 Pat yeah
1: amazing Um, I was laughing the other day you guys somebody said uh, how long you been there I said well 25 years with with the Cubs and it's certainly a a great uh, place to be And, and I've had so much fun with my partners and with the fans and with the teams but I, I was laughing. I said, when I first got here, they called me the voice of the Cubs. Now, after 25 years, they call me the voice of the Cubs. It sounds like <laughs> I have not had a job promotion in a quarter of a century. <laughs> <laughs> what,
2: what, what, yeah, what's Scott. to be promoted to? No. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. Like this a
3: dead-end gig to me. But uh... Yeah, you already, you already have the best job in the world, right? So I don't know where you go after that. Pat, uh, the, the theme that uh, Matt and I are talking about a little bit today is The separation anxiety from the knowledge that we have from Theo Epstein that one or more of the core four or five players on the Chicago Cubs uh, are likely to be moved this offseason. We know that Rizzo and Schwarber and Baez and Bryant all are approaching their walk year in 2021, can be free agents exactly a year from uh, the end of the World Series next season. Uh, How do you look at that, uh, knowing that people just, uh, in general, don't want to let go of any of this group because of the specialness of what they brought to Chicago uh, in 2016 and the consistent good play of the Chicago Cubs over the last six years?
1: And Bruce, you put that very well with the question. And my feeling is, I've I've understood for a long time now that baseball is both entertainment and it's a business, and uh, it's a very difficult business in many ways. And I think in the case of of ballplayers who are excellent players, uh, you know that they get to uh, become a free agent after six full years of service time. And whether or not they stay with their team is up to management. And it's a business decision, many times not a baseball one. And I think in the case of the Cubs or any team that has won a World Series championship, those players on the World Series champion team, they become special to fans, much more special than just a a player on a losing team. Uh, Those players become part of the fans' hearts and they will remain in the hearts of the fans without sounding too corny I hope I think those those players stay in your heart for the rest of your life and for those players to leave I think it really is a traumatic thing for a fan to experience what do you guys think
2: Yeah no I, th- yeah? I think it, I think it definitely is it definitely is especially when those players were part of uh, delivering on something that generations have have waited for and uh and and it's also it's a watching them grow it's a watching them the, the, them mature and and evolve or, and in some cases not evolve the way that you had it's a, it's a very it's a very deep emotional connection that that is for sure and that's and, and and that's the the awkwardness of of this twofold sport, like you mentioned, Pat. That it is love, it is it is connection, and it is all the sentiment, and it is also a business. So it can be cruel in that way. Uh, that that's for sure. I I I wanted to, to ask you about Javier Baez, about one of those guys. I put a lot of stock in the fact that that is a man who is driven by performance and by connection with the live energy of a crowd, and maybe it's cause, you know, um me as a singer, I know I I function off that. But not not everybody does. Not every ball player does. But as you've watched Hobby through the years, doesn't it make sense that he would miss and did miss the The energy connection with a live crowd the way that he did this year I think that's
1: a great point, Matt. absolutely, and I think others uh, as well, but I think in particular, a guy like Baez, who uh, by the way, he is one of the most enjoyable players that I have ever had the pleasure to watch on a daily basis, and I think that's one of the the coolest things about being a big league baseball announcer. Is you get to do every game and you get to watch a guy play many times for his entire career. And I grew up in the Bay Area and there was a guy named Russ Hodges who was the great uh, Giants announcer and Lon Simmons. But Russ saw virtually the entire career of Willie Mays. Um, and Mays was so much fun to watch, not just from a statistical standpoint, but from an artistic and dramatic and playing with a flair and a love of the game. And in many ways, Javier Baez kind of reminds me of, of Willie Mays in that regard. So, I uh, personally, I, if, if Baez does leave, and eventually he will, every player does, they either retire or they get traded or they become a free agent, I will miss him uh whenever he does leave. And the same would apply to Chris Bryant. I, I've seen Chris do some amazing things. The game in Cincinnati that night back in June of twenty sixteen when in a five at bat game, Bryant had three homers and two doubles. Nobody had ever done that in a major league game before. Anthony Rizzo is a tremendous ball player to watch. Just the fact that he loves the game He's such a leader on the team, and I'll never forget watching him play on a badly sprained ankle two years ago uh, when he was trying to help lead the Cubs into the playoffs. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, there's another guy who loves the game, loves the fans. Uh, he's, he's always kind of waving to the fans out in left field. He does that little dance to the Aerosmith song right before the ball game begins. These are all special, charismatic ballplayers, and uh, it it does hurt. It hurts me to think about them leaving. But again, this is a business.
3: Speaking of businesses, BaseballVoices.com is a business that you have, Pat. Explain a little bit of some of the great CDs you have to offer, as well as some of those iconic score uh, scorecards that you have that you uh, sign and uh, send out as well. I know... Uh, with the holidays coming up uh, relatively soon, pretty pretty close now, uh, you might have a, a couple special deals out there.
1: Well, Bruce, we do, and you're, you're so kind to let me talk about Baseball Voices on, on your program, but um, it, it, the website is BaseballVoices.com. We have produced 17 CDs, and I perform as the producer, the writer, and the narrator, and Harry Carey is in included ron santo we put together a special cd on the chicago cubs winning the world series back in 2016 the latest one we have and it actually came out last year is bob costas but it came out too late for any uh... holiday marketing plan last year but the bob Costas cd is a special one it's a two cd set and has there ever been a better broadcaster, not just a sports announcer, but a better broadcaster in America than Bob Costas when you or consider his, his uh, play-by-play? Matt Spiegel, you said, well, okay, you're right. <laughs> I, I stand corrected.
2: That one game um, I did in March, uh, uh, Pat, I think that's what Bruce is referring
3: to. <laughs> no, you're, you're right, Pat. Uh, yeah, can please continue on.
1: But I, I was just going to say, when you think about Costas, his play by play, his studio hosting, his interviewing ability, his contributions to documentaries, his eulogies, and then the way he speaks extemporaneously with no script in perfect sentences, perfect paragraphs, never repeating himself uh, he he always has the right word, he never stumbles he's just an amazingly talented man, but uh, he's the latest. In the Baseball Voices series, and it's called Bob Costas All Star at Every Position. And these are all available at baseballvoices.com. Now, Bruce, the special thing we have going on right now is a two for one offer. You buy one, you get one free. And that's across the board on CDs, on all the scorecards. We have my scorecard from Game 7 of the World Series, Game 6 of the NLCS of 2016. The Kerry Wood 20-strikeout game, which I still think is by far the best-pitched game I have ever seen in over 6,000 Major League broadcasts. So that scorecard is available. Again, buy one, get one free. They're affordable. I've always tried to keep them as affordable as possible. and um, uh, Also, that we have some bobbleheads out. But uh, the mm-hmm. whole deal is buy one, get one free.
3: It's pretty cool. I, 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 I have with... a, a number of those. Yeah, you're right, Matt. And, uh, again, that, with the holidays coming up, BaseballVoices.com is the place to go to get this uh, great deal from Pat. And, and, Pat, don't be shy about that bobblehead. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very, very good depiction of you. It, it's, a, it's perfect and, uh, you know, uh, goes nicely on, uh, in the, the rec rooms for all the guys and women out there as well.
1: Well, the, the humbling thing to me, Bruce and Matt, is that the hair on the bobblehead is better than the hair I have on my own head. So that's <laughs> but it's a fun thing, and and uh, we try to have fun on all this stuff. But uh, baseballvoices.com. dot com, and if you go to the website and don't see the two for one offer, just uh, use the the customer service line number there, and we'll we'll take care of that. It's eight four seven eight six seven. 3682 and we'll make sure somebody calls you right back. Okay?
3: Pat, uh thanks so much for joining us as always. It's going to be an interesting off season for all the teams, especially the Chicago Cubs. I know you'll be watching and I know we will be talking to you soon. Uh stay happy, stay healthy and we will talk soon.
1: The same to you, Bruce and Matt. Thanks guys and uh, happy holidays. Early, I'm, I hope I'm on again before the holidays. But if not, I hope everyone has the best possible, best possible holiday season. Everything considered this year.
2: Thanks so much, Pat. Thank you, Pat. Great to okay, hear guys, you. Okay, guys. Thank so you. Love it. Thank you. That's Pat Hughes. Right there on 670, the score. Um, people love to hear his voice, and understandably so. Hey, Bruce Levine, um, Joe Buck will join us next hour. Um, you reported, though, that, that Tony La Russa's interview with the White Sox took place. There were other candidates as well. I want to get the latest from you on that situation. And, um, and I told you I need to run this Trevor Bauer idea by you at some point as well. So we've got time to do all that, don't you think? Sounds good. All right. It's 670, the score inside the clubhouse continues. Keep it right here. It's inside the clubhouse on six seventy. The score, Bruce. You reported earlier in the week Tony Larusa had his interview with the White Sox. Yes. What can you tell the fans about the state of that news?
3: I'm going to tell them everything they need to know about uh, Tony Larusa interviewing with the White Sox, with possibilities of other people we know have already interviewed and hmm. uh, who the other candidates might be after the break.
2: Oh, look at that. It's the tease of epic proportions.
3: Well done, Sir. And yeah, it's a very brief break, so we're not we're not having people hold that long, but uh certainly uh there's plenty to talk about there. What tax fans reaction, your reaction, Matt? I'm uh I'm also uh interested in as well And fans reactions at 312-644-6767. Text us at that number as well.
2: So hop on in. We'll talk about that. And Trevor Bauer potentially to the White Sox. And uh, some impressions from the game last night, uh, the World Series Game 3. And uh, MLB broadcaster from Fox, Joe Buck, is going to join us at 1030 as well. So keep it right here on 670 The Score. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel on Inside the Clubhouse.